Hello, and I'd like hello again. I'd like to welcome you to this webinar brought to you by Align, Align Technology. It is my pleasure to hand the floor to your host, Christina Del Villar. Christina, you now have the floor. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's Ask the Expert webinar, introducing Invisalign First for Phase One treatment. You will earn two CE hours for attending today's program and also receive important instructions on how to obtain a CE certificate at the conclusion of the presentation. Additionally, CE hours will automatically be added to your Invisalign doctor site account. Please note you are able to listen to today's program via the webcast and throughout the webinar, you will have the opportunity to text questions which I will which our presenter will answer at the conclusion of the presentation. We apologize in advance if we are unable to answer everyone's questions since our time is limited. However, we will follow up after the program to answer any outstanding text questions. Today's program will be archived in its entirety one week from today on the Academy tab of the Invisalign Doctor site, where our archived versions of all previous Ask the Expert programs can be assessed at any time, allowing you to earn CE hours. It's now my pleasure to introduce our speaker today, Dr. Tarek Albiali, an Invisalign Diamond Plus doctor who has been treating Invisalign patients at his private practice in Canada for more than 10 years. He not only holds degrees and certificates in science, dentistry, and orthodontics, but also earned a master's degree in business administration a law degree, and a PhD in biomechanics. Dr. El Bialy is a published author of peer-reviewed articles and books. He has lectured worldwide on clear aligners and biomechanics of complex cases. I will now turn the program over to Dr. El Bialy. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Christina and the team. And thanks, everyone who participate or attend this uh, online webinar. It's a privilege and honor for me to present before you. So without further ado, uh, thanks again. So today we'll talk about Invisalign first, clear aligner, specifically for phase one treatment for younger patients. So uh, just to go over the agenda for this morning's presentation, we're gonna go over uh, introduction, specific features for the younger patients, specifically for uh, Invisalign first, prescription form, clean check file, and treatment path, and cases that I have treated into this program. So why phase one? Phase one uh, treatment is widely accepted by orthodontists, parents, and patients worldwide. Of course, there's other view of comprehensive orthodontic treatment, one treatment, but phase one has been established in the literature in textbooks for decades. The role of phase one treatment, as we will cover in a few minutes, and also conventional appliances, as well as introduction to Invisalign first for phase one treatment. So phase one, uh, we all know early mixed dentition, typically between age six and 10 years old, patients can encounter lots of environmental factors that can affect their occlusion, stability of their teeth, eruption path, and Lots of those environmental factors can lead to severe or moderate malocclusions. Uh, interception, early interception for those cases has been established in the literature and in textbooks as phase one therapy. Um, basically for phase one, uh, we can achieve dental 
and or skeletal expansions in class two and class one. If there is any habits, we need to intervene as early as possible to stop those habits. And also other indications for phase one is improved efficiency for second phase of treatment, if any. Normally in my practice, I tell the patients, if we go for phase one, there is 50% chance that your child might take, uh, might have to go for phase two uh, or not. So there is almost 50% chance they may not get into phase two. So normally the goals uh, for phase one treatment, uh, specifically for ages six to 10 years old, again, as I mentioned, to address in the patient's best interest to uh, intervene with any problems, eliminate the problems or the cause of the problems, and make sure that there is no any subsequent issues uh, down the road of uh, uh, growing or eruption of their permanent teeth. So with uh, challenges of uh, uh, traditional uh, treatment, and we'll cover most of them in a few minutes, we all know, and we have been there using the traditional uh, phase one appliances, we know all those appliances, they have, they are bulky, they can make discomfort for patients, hygiene issues, breakage, all those emergencies appointments have been eliminated in, uh, Invisalign, by using Invisalign first and we'll cover those in a few minutes. So one of the goals in phase one is to develop the arch, which can be dental or skeletal. So dental arch developments uh, by dental expansion can be achieved or dental alveolar expansion can be achieved by fixed appliances like quad helix, for example, Hyrex, has appliances, or removable appliances. Most of those appliances, we know they fill in the pellets. And uh, I believe, strongly believe that it's uh, important not to interfere with the tongue space that's the palatal part. So having nothing in the palate or minimum uh, uh, thickness of any appliances in the palate is, should be our goal. So we can achieve expansion for constricted arches, for ectopic eruptions, for posterior crossfight, anterior crossfights. So we can achieve those appliance, uh, uh, goals with, without the use of the traditional bulky appliances. Others uh, believe uh, or uh, like to use skeletal expansion like Hyrex or Hass appliances or uh, TADs or mini screws supported uh, uh, expansion appliances. Those skeletal expansion as well can be used for anterior crossbites, posterior crossbites, more than one millimeters, or in cases with moderately severe class three, as well as crowding. Open bites controversial to use RPE because rapid palatal expansion, I mean. So RPE or rapid maxillary expansion, mainly when we use them, we all know from the literature that um, the maxilla can be disengaged, one, from the suture. Once this has happened, then the maxilla normally move down or drop down by gravity and it creates the vertical dimension. Once this is happens, open bite occurs. So utilize RPE for open bite cases. Again, it's controversial in the literature. However, it's still in some best interest of some clinician, they like to use uh, rapid maxillary expansion. And as you see in, the, in, the, in the, um, the slide here, most of rapid maxillary expansion Appliances are bulky, interfere with the tongue space, although they can achieve the goals that the clinicians want to achieve. So normally for phase uh, uh, two-phase uh, treatments, we go for phase one treatments 
which normally um, spans between 12 to 18 months of treatment, then a period of retention until uh, premolars and canines have been erupted. And then after they have been erupted, then we, if the patients require phase two, then the clinician will decide with the parents to go for phase two, and then after that you go for retention. Again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, using the phase one or uh, for a phase one treatment, most of the time I give the patient that there is 50% chance they may not or the children may not need phase two. Others prefer comprehensive orthodontic treatments, wait until the patients start at around age or beyond age of 10, and then they go for comprehensive orthodontic treatments, which is okay. However, today we'll shed the light on the new feature that's only available in Invisalign first for phase one. So traditional uh, um, uh, phase one appliances that I've, I have used, and I believe most of the uh, attendees uh, have used uh, them at one point in their life, or they still use them, like headgears, reverse head, whole headgears, rabbit maxillary expansion like Hyrex, uh, habit-breaking appliances, uh, TADS for expansion. Uh, and we all know the problems or the uh, issues encountered with each of one of those ones. So for phase one, sometimes we use two by four for uh, leveling or alignment or uh, in, uh, improvement of deep overbite, for example. In those cases, you have to put a fit uh, and cement bands on the first molars. With those one, this requires separation. So there's two visits, one for separation and one for band fitting. And sometimes, or I would say most of the time, patient come after a few days with lost one of the separators and the space closed again. So re-separate, bring the patient back on. So this is all count to your chair side time. In addition to that, uh, again, emergence we all know, although it can help solving crowding, spacing, crossbite, anterior or posterior, but again, all those phases are encountered. In addition, to the issues with uh, band uh, um, or bracket failures, again, emergency with wires, having long span of wire spanning the anterior uh, four incisor, for example, and the first molars can lead to other emergencies of fractures, wire come out with a tube. So those kind of emergencies you need to keep in mind when we think about traditional two by four cases. Um, removable appliance, we all know, uh, that uh, covering the palate again interferes with the patient's um, uh, uh, tongue space. If they lost one of those appliances, normally it takes a bit of time to retake molds or impressions, send them back to the lab. You have to do immediate uh, um, uh, retainer, otherwise a relapse happen between the time you take impression and a new appliance comes back. All of those problems, we, are, uh, we all know about them. So um, for a phase two, class two cases, you can, uh, lots of people use uh, functional appliance. I have used Frankel at one point in my life. Uh, you can use other smaller uh, uh, appliances like twin blocks or bionators, and we all know all of those appliances are bulky. Fixed function appliances also are bulky. Uh, experience lots of breakage, emergencies, Headgears, we all know that, uh, what it takes for headgear. Compliance is number one issue. Uh, patients don't like headgears, especially growing children. Uh, so it's been reported in the literature that one patient lost an eye because of headgear. So all those immersions we really need to keep in mind when we think about those traditional 
phase one appliances. Uh, as I mentioned, heat gears have some issues as well. Uh, so for, for class two, uh, again, um, bands, uh, loose bands, bulky appliances, loose appliances, inability to speak, inability to talk, affecting self-esteem, again, separations, uh, all those uh, issues we know. Fixed functional appliances, as I mentioned, uh, the uh, more in lots of patients we encountered uh, loss of uh, 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 the fixed functional appliances. They come out of the tubes or disengage patient hanging out uh, around with uh, those pieces of metal coming out of their mouth. Uh, not fun, not fun for everybody for the clinician to uh, or the patient to go to emergencies over weekends or vacations. And we already discussed the problems with the head gear. So other things, breakage of uh, brackets or uh, um, um, phase one appliances like uh, Hyrex or White Helix or all those appliances, breakage always uh, happens. So same problems with uh, fitting bands. So we already covered those ones. In addition to TADS, supported expansion as well. TADS have their own risks of uh, root exposure, uh, bleeding, um, uh, other emergence or uh, TADS failures as well. So now let's talk about Invisalign first, the features for younger patients. You want to do what's best for your patients. And for the younger ones, that's especially important. Now you can do more for your phase one patients with Invisalign first treatment, which has innovations tailored to their unique orthodontic needs. Invisalign First Clear Aligners treat a broad range of malocclusions in growing patients. With Invisalign First Treatment, dental arch expansion is designed to be more predictable. New optimized expansion support attachments adjust and resize based on the buccal tooth surface. Also, Smart Stage technology is applied to both new and improved staging patterns. It maximizes treatment efficiency by producing the contacts and forces that support the tooth movement needed for arch expansion. To provide more anchorage and more targeted force to each segment of the arch, molars start moving first, followed by simultaneous expansion of canines and all posterior teeth. Simultaneous alignment of incisors starts from the beginning of treatment, so young patients and their parents may see results early. An improved version of the simultaneous expansion staging pattern is also available. To improve retention on short clinical crowns, new optimized retention attachments adjust and resize based on the buccal tooth surface. Improved and expanded eruption compensation features make it possible to treat patients in early to late mixed dentition. See for yourself what you can achieve with Invisalign First Treatment. <clears throat> now you can offer your younger patients all the advantages of Invisalign Clear Aligners with a treatment designed just for them. Little smiles deserve Invisalign First Treatment. Talk to your Invisalign representative about Invisalign first treatment. Okay, so now let's talk about the features uh, of uh, Invisalign first and uh, understanding the mechanics of it so will give us more confidence in this product compared to other traditional products. 
So there are different types of uh, prescription that you can uh, um, ask for or subscribe for. Uh, specifically, when you start a case, then you have the option for phase uh, Invisalign first for phase one. Uh, you can use the comprehensive package, and this provides unlimited number of aligners up to 18 months of treatment, which normally covers most of the cases. And then after that, you can go for attention until if the patient requires phase two, then you can subscribe for that. And again, this will give you more excuse me, unlimited uh, aligners for additional three years in phase two. So first, you need to think about uh, how to uh, understanding the mechanics of it and how it works and how it, it be involved in your practice. So uh, first, uh, with this uh, Invisalign first uh, treatment, you can have dental arch expansion, you can ask for expansions, you can solve uh, spacing or crowding, anthroposterior corrections, specifically for class two, and again for protrusion. So uh, it can be used to treat a broad range of malocclusions, very predictable for dental arch expansion. Uh, it has support for short clinical crowns, and I'll cover this in a few minutes. And also, uh, importantly, for eruption of permanent dentition, specifically for incisors. So Invisalign first is the only prescription that can provide incisor, uh, low, upper and lower incisors eruption compensation. The other packages don't provide this. So we need to keep this in mind. So uh, now let's talk about the features. So again, uh, you can use it for uh, arch development if you have narrow arches to start with. And again, you ask for expansion and you can uh, also solve simultaneously uh, problems for crowding or spacings. And also it can uh, use for aesthetic adjustments for crown heights, gingival heights, and again, uh, tooth protrusion. So uh, it's very important to understand Invisalign first, the staging is different than the package as well, because we are dealing with early or late uh, mixed dentition cases. So this product provides smart force attachments and also smart staging, so to allow uh, utilization of anchorage at different types uh, and different levels as well. So first thing that in this uh, smart uh, staging basically is dent in dental arch expansion. First molars first they expand. And once the first molars expand, this will give you the anchorage required to expand simultaneously the rest of the arches, specifically deciduous uh, uh, canines and deciduous molars. So with this uh, uh, expansion, once it happens, uh, this feature also have optimized, provides optimized expansion support attachments and let me just explain this for a moment. We all know any product that expand the arch then will tip normally the crown. So you need to have a, a specific feature to apply counter moment or root torque to provide uh, bodily movements or expansion without tipping. So with the short clinical crowns, it's very tough to achieve those ones even with Hyrex. Uh, or has expansion appliance. All the literature showed those appliances, these still can tip the molars, even with a bone anchorage. So with bone anchorage expansion devices, molars still tip. So this product provides the smartest expansion support attachment that can provide counter moments. You need to know also, 
those attachments are uh, not like um, in the storage and they pick it up. They are smartly designed for each tooth. So it depends on the size of each tooth that needs expansion. The computer will calculate how much the surface area is, approximately how much force is applied to expand those molars or premolars, and then automatically it will design those optimized attachments that support the expansion to provide the counter moments required to achieve a, a, a good expansion without tipping. And also, it adjusts the resize, as I mentioned, depends on the buccal uh, surface of the tooth. So, and this, uh, these are automatically placed by the software. You don't have to ask for them. Once you ask for how many millimeters of expansion, automatically the software will calculate how much expansion is needed, tipping movement, and then counter moments, and then automatically those uh, uh, expansion support attachments, optimized uh, expansion support attachments will be calculated and will be inserted by the software. So again, for this predictable uh, dental arch expansion, how it works, again, smart stage technology. This smart, smart stage technology provides expansion of the first molars first, to uh, provide the anchorage needed, and most of the time, even with using traditional expansion appliance, most of the bands are on the first molars. So it's the same principle, but different product and different uh, ball game. Now, uh, for clinical, uh, short clinical crown support, for short clinical crown support, normally uh, the, you can ask for them, but again, automatically this can be added, and these optimized attachments provide support for the aligner, so Basically, the aligners can stay uh, on the teeth, and basically, uh, it can pro produce or provide the uh, planned treatment as you see in the ClinCheck. So, again, eruption compensation. For eruption compensation for the permanentation can be for any of the growing permanentation, but again, the most important feature of the Invisalign first, it provides eruption compensation for the incisors which is not available in any other products. Again, it can be for the canines, if the canines uh, are, uh, start to erupt during the treatment. Uh, again, for the incisors and for the canines as well. For molar taps, so if the second molar starts to grow in uh, during the expansion appliance, you can ask for uh, molar taps to support uh, second molar eruption and guide them as well into the uh, molar tube, so it's still available in Invisalign first. Again, for eruption compensation, you need to order them based on how we see the patient. So for each patient, of course, if they're still having lower incisor or upper incisor is still growing and you need eruption for them, all what you need to do is just check the incisor or the teeth that you need eruption compensation for, and then this automatically will go to the technician and the team and they will design the appropriate eruption compensation that you ask for. So again, for this incisor uh, uh, buttons, basically the only available in phase one or Invisalign uh, for its products, and then after that, it can be transferred later on if needed for phase two for other premolars and molar uh, and uh, canines. So after, uh, you can also do your clinical preferences, the same as the regular clinical preferences. Again, for the ClinCheck software, then you have that, uh, the regular uh, message, so on the health tabs that if you are in doubt about anything, you can just click on the information and then it will open up a tool 
uh, tip for you, and this will provide uh, all the information that you want. And again, uh, for um, specific clinical preferences, at, uh, next to each one, there is always clinical tip, and those clinical tip, once you click on it, basically it will explain to you what exactly it and what's about, what's the function of it, and then you can request it or request something else if you prefer something else. Again, for each of the uh, incisors, uh, uh, ages, levels, again, the preference here because normally during eruption of the incisors, basically you need to level the incisor edges, not the gingival margin, and then you can adjust that later on in phase two if needed. Again, for the special instructions, you can use your own special instructions as long as it doesn't interfere with the default of the software. Uh, for cuts, if you need to prescribe cuts, you still can do this in phase one as well, although I personally prefer not to use them and as, uh, unless there is uh, 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 um, a strong need for those uh, precision cuts because simply they can be can plastic. plastic. Okay, so now you have uh, in the tabs you have three uh, uh, tabs that you can pick one of them like rotation, extrusion, and retention. So you can also pick up what attachments that you need for each type of tooth movement like rotation or extrusion or retention. But you need to know also the special attachment that only by default these stay on special teeth. And I'll cover this in a few minutes. So for the retention uh, tab, you can pick and choose whatever retention uh, attachment that you want. But I strongly recommend to use the optimized retention attachment. Some prefer to use the conventional ones. You can pick and choose whatever you prefer. So how to order Invisalign first treatment? After you start the case, you go for the prescription, and then we'll go over the clean check, and then we'll go over cases as well. So for patient inclusion criteria, in most cases, it's very important to try to consider a first molar eruption. In some cases, I started early, even before the first molars, or both of them have been erupted, and I'll show you the magic of Invisalign first, how the first molar erupted fast, during the uh, uh, upper arch uh, and lower arch expansion. So after that, then you need to know also that at least two incisors uh, have been erupted, and then after that, you uh, expand the rest of the teeth, as I mentioned earlier. So for inclusion also, uh, make sure that uh, the patient have uh, an under, uh, the teeth are under uh, or adjusted to the precision cuts, for anthroposterior correction, make sure that the teeth around the uh, wings for the uh, mandibular advancement feature, that they are big enough that they can withstand the wings for mandibular advancement feature. Otherwise, the uh, default will uh, basically um, say no for the wings. And I'll show you some cases later on. So again, for the workflow, then you take records, you submit for uh, Invisalign first, and then if needed, you can do um, additional aligners. Once you finish the phase one, you can have temporary uh, retention. I strongly recommend the Vivera retainers because if the patient lost one set of retainers, they have three backup uh, uh, retainers. So nothing can actually happen like relapse until phase two is needed, if needed. And after that, you go for retention.
So let's go for the prescription form. Once you start a case, it will give you the option for adult, teen, or child. Then for Invisalign first, you need to choose the file, uh, the child big icon. And again, it gives you the prescription. What is it for? Again, it's for phase one. And then if you only need uh, aligners, you can uh, pick aligners or you can use Vifera retainers uh, if needed. But for aligners, of course, you, uh, you choose Invisalign first. After you choose Invisalign first, again, in the information tab, it will explain to you what it is about, what's the inclusion criteria for patients. And again, you need to use the comprehensive package for phase one. So it's Invisalign first, comprehensive package. Basically, it's the treatment option for different types of varieties, anthroposterior correction if needed for with mandibular advancement, if the crowns are available. Uh, the crown size of the molars, uh, second, prim, uh, second deciduous molar or the first molar, and also, as I mentioned earlier, it's unlimited aligners for 18 months. So after that, if the, you need to fix the anthroposterior correction, you can choose for molars only if needed, and molars and canines also, and also you can choose for mandibular advancement feature if you need to do mandibular advancement feature or function appliance effect. Again, uh, for the primary teeth grades, basically you click on the teeth that you need to move or don't need to move, the spaces, crowding, and attachments as well. If you need to do extraction, you can also choose extraction. If you choose to do extraction, you can click on the teeth that you need to, be, to do extraction or virtually to be removed. And then finally, you need to make sure that you have eruption compensation tab. And as I mentioned earlier, Invisalign first is the only product that provide eruption compensation for incisors. So you need to consider this into your prescription. It's, it's recommended to provide panoramic X-ray. Sometimes if you have a panoramic X-ray that's not clear enough, you may not actually see an erupted teeth, and, but panoramic X-ray can help the technician and the supervising dentist and orthodontist in the treatment planning planet, plant to uh, see uh, how many unerupted teeth, and they can also help with the planning of the teeth uh, 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 incisor eruption compensation tab as well. And then once you reach uh, to the clean check or receive the clean check, then you click on the clean check, and then it will explain to you because of uh, this is eruption dentation, uh, dentition, then the status will show basically uh, this. You're waiting for approval. You can adjust it as needed. And then you start with the clean check, look at the clean check from different uh, aspects, and then you look at the attachments, do you like them, how much expansion you have achieved. And then as you see in the clean check, you'll see the molars, first molars uh, start to uh, expand first. Watch the uh, buckle root torque that has been achieved at the end of the clean check. And basically this has been achieved by the smart uh, optimized uh, expansion support attachments. So again, uh, once uh, you look at the first molar expansion first, and after that simultaneous staging uh, expansion, again, look at the molars, and then you can ask for the simultaneous expansion. You can do the two stages or the simultaneous uh, expansion tab. Again, in the uh, expansion, you're still going to get uh, support, uh, uh, expansion support attachment as I mentioned earlier, it will provide the counter moment or the root uprighting attachments. 
for the primary teeth, again, the staging tab, uh, uh, basically you can look at the primary dentitions and also the numbering will be there so you can see them because they're different uh, numbering system. Again, back to the uh, optimized attachments, you can see in the canines and the first deciduous molars, you can have only expansion support attachments, and this can help upwriting those uh, teeth after expansion. But for uh, retention attachments, they are only on the first molar and the second deciduous molar because those are the main teeth that we use to support the aligners during expansion. You can use the 3D control to change uh, uh, angulation or inclination of teeth if the first clean check uh, you need to adjust it. Again, for the uh, distal, uh, mesodistal dimension of the unerupted incisors, basically these are automatically calculated, but if you feel the calculation needs to be adjusted, not a big deal, you can change those calculations, and then it will show you on the uh, width changes, so this is the teeth, this is the initial, this is alignal, uh, align final uh, dimensions, and then you can adjust that as needed, and then it will show on the table as well. Once you have uh, finished the mesodistal width is for the unerupted teeth, uh, incisor specifically, and then you look at the Bolton uh, discrepancy box, and then it will show you approximately from the calculation, is there any uh, Bolton discrepancy, and then you can ask for spaces or IPR if needed. Uh, after you finish that, then you look again back to the eruption compensation. Are these eruption compensation is uh, what you need or do you need to adjust them? You can definitely adjust them or ask for adjustments as needed, specifically for the incisor as I mentioned later on. And then uh, you can normally switch between uh, 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 prescriptions as needed. You can upgrade, but normally, uh, switches are not permitted if you're Invisalign first to uh, other products unless you can switch later on to phase two. And as I mentioned, the uh, flow of uh, uh, the prescription, you start with Invisalign first after you get the retention or temporary retention, or you can call it intermediate retention, then you can do from the same patient's portfolio to phase two as needed, and after that, find the retention. So you start the prescription as uh, normal, and then you click on uh, phase one. Uh, after you finish phase one, sorry, you go for phase two, and from the same patient's portfolio, you choose phase two, and then from phase two, you have the whole functionality. You can choose whatever package. If it's a simple one, you can go for the lights, or you can go for the comprehensive as you feel appropriate. Now let's talk about some cases. Um, so this. Uh, young uh, uh, lady, six years old, uh, uh, the first, uh, uh, one of the first uh, pioneers of this product that I choose. Before I go into the case, we need to remember, when we treat young children, we need to remember the soft tissue profile growth, normal growth. By age, we know that the nose will grow down and forward. The upper lip will grow now, down and forward. The lower lip will grow uh, down and uh, basically, we need to consider that when we do uh, when we do uh, uh, arch expansions or severe crowding, because what happens if we um, if we try to do with lots of retraction, we need to understand that retraction can move the upper lips lingually, upper and lower lips lingually, and then basically the noses will be uh, the nose will be more prominent. So. 
we need to consider that. So this is one of the first patients that I mentioned. So as you can see, uh, one of the first lower molars have erupted already. The second first molar, the four six, or the lower right first molar is partially erupted. But the indication here for start this case early that the two of the lower central, uh, the two lower central incisors have been erupted and already crowded. So you can see this is a typical case that we do early interceptive uh, orthodontic treatments or uh, other dentists that they can do serial extraction, but I have my own reservation about serial extraction. I don't call, call myself serial killer because in my opinion, serial extraction equals to serial killing of those patients because of arch length and everything. So I'll just uh, continue on. I don't wanna get into serial extraction part here. So again, look at this patient profile. You, need, you can see the mandible needs to come forward. The mandible will never come forward unless if you do more of the arch expansion, upper, specifically upper arch expansion. You can see this NB for this young lady 2.3 is still within class one boundaries or standard deviation, but it could have been better. So we need to allow the mandible to grow forward as well. So again, uh, upper incisor uh, severely retroclined, lower incisor severely retroclined, but for her age, again, uh, it can be considered slightly normal. Uh, so again, uh, uh, right molar is class one-ish, upper and lower incisor retroclined, as you can see from the molars. So the, developing the treatment plan for this patient or similar patients, again, initially we need to allow normal facial mandibular growth. This happens when you allow expansion, expand the arches, uh, dental expansion, to allow more teeth, uh, normal to, uh, more space for uh, uh, normal uh, eruption of permanent dentition. And as I mentioned, non-extraction, you can expand this. In my prescription, I choose Invisalign first. No other appliances was planned or prescribed. And then, and this is the clencheck here. As you can see, only uh, the uh, left first molars, upper and lower, have been erupted. Lower second first molar uh, partially erupted. So we started with this case. You can see the expansion, the dental expansion. And then with the dental expansion, expand the molars and then uh, 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 simultaneous expansion of the uh, deciduous uh, canine and the first premolar. So aligner eight, so those uh, patients, normally I ask them to change aligners every week. As you can see, lower incisor alignment is already corrected in two months, which is extremely important. Upper incisor crowding in the deciduous dentition has already been uh, uh, improved in two months. Again, aligner 17, you can see what happened. The lower incisor alignment has been already improved. And then upper incisor crowding has been improved to even spacing. Again, you can see importantly the second, the first molars on the upper right and the lower right first molar start to erupt simultaneously. You don't have to worry about them. It's only 17 aligners, and then you can see the right first molars, upper and lower, uh, basically in uh, 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 in uh, they are start to erupt. So again, uh, uh, 17 aligners in four months. You can see the first molars have erupted. Lower incisor alignment is already done. You start to create more spaces for the lateral incisor, the growing lower lateral incisor. And you can see the spaces already have been created in the, uh, between the uh, upper uh, deciduous uh, teeth. 
Okay. So look at how much arch developments. The crowding in the upper arch has been already minimized. Upper arch expansion, you can look at the buccal surface of the expanded teeth and you can see and appreciate the torque or the effect of the expansion supported optimized attachments. The optimized attachments for, uh, to support the expansion. Uh, again, so the crowding has been resolved uh, and more spaces have been created for uh, the grown lateral incisors. So this is a, a second patient, again, eight years, nine months. This young man, again, um, uh, you can see he has some uh, blue composite from a dentist, uh, one of the best referring dentists. Uh, basically, the dentist developed this to try to increase some vertical dimension. However, the chief concern with crowded lower incisor, and you can see also the upper lateral incisors, there is no uh, enough room for them. Upper arch is slightly crowded, no enough room for the lateral incisor in the upper, as I mentioned mild to moderate crowding in the lower arch. Um, B's point six is like class three tendency growth pattern for this patient. So again, I take CBCT, uh, I can't flex on all of my patients because the amount of radiation out of the CBCT is the same amount of radiation of a digital pen, but it gives me a lot of insights into the developing dentition, the root development, the angulation, and it helps me a lot with uh, planning such cases. So looking at the panoramic x-ray, you can see here, there is no enough room for the growing upper lateral incisors, same as for the lower incisors are crowding. So treatment plan, we objectives first for these patients. We need to, again, allow normal facial and mandibular growth by expanding the upper and lower arches, and then allow normal eruption for the blocked upper lateral incisors or uh, space compromise for them. Again, Invisalign first, no other appliances, and then expansion to uh, correct the crowding. So again, so this is the patient's, uh, uh, you can see within uh, the smart staging here, expansion of the first molars first, with the expansion support, uh, uh, optimized expansion support attachments to provide the counter moment or the root uprighting uh, uh, alignment that we need at the same time we've created enough spaces for the grown lateral incisors. So after four aligners, you can see the lateral incisor on the right side has been erupted already, which is extremely important to consider. The lower crowding is already um, started uh, to be more aligned. Again, at aligner 21, look at the upper lateral incisor. Upper lateral incisor simultaneously start to erupt. You can appreciate the amount of expansion of the first molars here, and then start expansion of the upper lateral incisor as well, upper uh, expansion of the rest of the deciduous dentitions and the upper arch like C, D, and E, and uh, more improvement of the lower incisor uh, uh, crowding, and you can see uh, the expansion here. So after three months and two weeks, you can appreciate the first molar expansion, simultaneous eruption of the lateral incisors, and again, improvement of the lower incisor crowding. So again, um, this patient again started in October uh, again, and uh, you can see uh, uh, class two tendency, slightly retrognathic mandible. And uh, with this, uh, you can see, look at the incisors here, it's still the central, upper central incisor is still growing. 
growing into kind of like edge to edge or uh, slight anterior cross bite pathway. And also you can see the roots are still partially formed. Another thing that's important for me to consider uh, for growing kids or children that look at the roots. If the roots are not fully formed, I will be very, very cautious to put any brackets on them once they are grafted because this can interfere with a regular eruption, uh, regular root for uh, normal root formation of those incisors. So I strongly recommend and uh, not to use any brackets on growing incisors because of the roots. But for Invisalign, why is that? Simply because of the indeterminate force system that we use for brackets. But for Invisalign first or Invisalign in general, you can adjust what exactly you want to do. Okay, so how much forces you need to do or no forces at all, just allow simultaneous eruption into the eruption compensations or and are by, and providing space for them. So you can allow that. So without too much force applied to the uh, incisors. So again, we need to improve class two for clinical goals. How to do that? Basically allow the normal growth of the maxilla and the mandible. So once you've expanded the upper arch, the mandible can grow forward as I mentioned. How to do that? Invisalign first, again, no other appliances. Again, pro provide reasonable uh, all over bite and over jet. And then uh, fix the anterior cross bite by expanding the upper arch, okay? And allow normal growth of the upper incisors. Provide spacing for the growing uh, permanent uh, dentition. And at the same time, we need to monitor the mandibular growth as well because this is a high angle case. So uh, again, the first thing that you need to do, smart, staging using the smart expansion, optimize the smart expansion uh, uh, support uh, attachments to provide the counter or uh, uh, root movement, and then lower expansion at the same time. And then you can provide spaces for the growing incisors. As you can see here, in two months, you already, the central incisors have erupted, and then we start to make room and for the lateral incisors and the lower arch, one of the uh, deciduous, uh, uh, lower left deciduous uh, um, uh, inc lateral incisor has been exfoliated, not a big deal. Again, continue expansion. And what you see in the ClinCheck, you see clinically. You can see the smart expansion of the first molars. Again, uh, not a big deal if the lower incisor has erupted lingually to the aligners. You can do the bootstrapping, meaning the button and move the, that lateral incisor in. If there is no enough clinical crown to add the button, then you can just scan and then include the lateral incisor into the nuclear check. And not a big, big deal. Again, once you have incorporated the erupting uh, incisor that's away from the initial set of aligner, then it will be automatically guided into the normal uh, position of the incisor without any issues at all. So let's see what's happening here. Once you have incorporated the lower uh, uh, lower right lateral incisor, it's automatically start to be moved nicely. As you can see, what you see in the ClinCheck, you see clinically, so there is no discrepancy. Now let's talk about uh, growing class two treatment with Invisalign first patient. So this young lady, eight years old, um, you will see in the next slide, uh, one, the main, one of the chief concern for her uh, um, uh, severely retrognathic mandible and disfigured profile. That's the, clin the, the chief complaint that I heard from the parents, disfigured profile. Patient being bullied at school, didn't like the face, didn't like her uh, 
uh, low self-esteem, excessive curve speed, uh, severe full step class two, as you can see from the sides here. Uh, again, uh, severe A&B angle 8.4, uh, upper incisor procline, lower incisor okay in the position, but still in a, a slightly proclined uh, position, but again, severely proclined upper incisor. But you can see in this case, uh, we were likely to have good uh, morphology of her upper second uh, deciduous molar and the first molar as well. So the clinical goal is to improve the fissure profile, which is the chief concern of the patient and parents. And how to do that? Allow the normal growth of the mandible to occur using mandibular advancement feature. Improve class two malocclusion by again expanding the upper arch, allow mandibular uh, uh, forward mandibular growth. Improve the deep overbite by lower incisor intrusion and also level the curve speed. So basically the treatment plan, as I mentioned earlier, extremely important to go over the mandibular advancement feature uh, setup because if you don't do it right, things may not actually happen the way that you expect. So first thing that you need to expand the upper arch. Without upper arch expansion, uh, any functional appliance will not allow the mandible to come forward because of the dental interference in the back. The second thing that you need to consider, lower incisor intrusion. Without lower incisor intrusion, anterior um, interference will happen, and this will push the mandible backward. Again, it's what you actually want to, prevent, uh, to improve the patient profile. So it's extremely important to do those two things. Expand upper arch, intrude the lower incisors, and then mandibular advancement feature will be easy. So, uh, so from day one, we started to expand simultaneously and advance the mandible at the same time. So you can see the smart stag staging here was basically expansion and uh, at the same time advancement of the mandible using the mandibular advancement feature wings. And I'll, I'll show you what happened to this young lady. In two months when she showed up, I thought actually this is her sister. And then I, I said to the mom did you, and the patient, did you bring your uh, twin sister? And she said, thank you very much. You changed my profile. Now, I really, I feel my face is different. Thank you very much. My deep overbite has improved. What a product. Thank you very much. Look at in four months, the profile, deep overbite has been improved. Expansion, look at the patient profile in four months difference. Big change. And... Uh, and again, in six months, you can see the patient was done with phase one, full step class one. From a full step class two to full step class one, uh, spaces in the upper arch has uh, closed. Deep overbite has been leveled. You can see in the middle uh, open uh, uh, photo here, you can see the curve speed has been leveled nicely. Uh, patient profile was improved. The full step class two was corrected to full step class one. No other device was used. So again, uh, the robustness uh, at the beginning of the treatment, uh, at the beginning of the treatment, uh, uh, then uh, uh, if the clinical crown is not uh, big enough to support mandibular advancement feature, then what happens, you'll get a message from uh, a line says mandibular advancement feature cannot be applied because of the short clinical crown that doesn't support the wings. It's not a big deal. You still can work on expanding the arch, upper arch, leveling the curve speed, uh, work uh, in progress until 
the clinical crown, uh, the teeth have erupted enough to get mandibular advancement feature. So again, this is my, um, uh, sorry, it's class two, not class three. Not an Invisalign candidate, yes, you are. This is my logo. Not an Invisalign candidate, yes, you are. All patients are candidates for Invisalign. So um, this a young a patient, 10 years and three months, um, uh, as you can see, severely retrognathic uh, mandible, uh, convex profile, molar and second premolars have erupted, but however, for whatever reason, the short clinical crown, as I mentioned initially, didn't support the mandibular advancement feature. End-to-end molars, uh, A and B 5.6, increased overbites and overjets. As you can see, lower incisor uh, proclined, upper incisor slightly retroclined. Uh, the molars still have good roots, uh, the second deciduous molars, I mean. And this is the initial models, as you can see here. Again, uh, the treatment plan for this patient to allow, again, normal facial and mandibular growth. Use Invisalign first. No, no other uh, appliances were used. Most importantly, you need, as I mentioned earlier, you need to expand upper arch, utilize the leeway spaces whenever needed. Include the lower arch and then mandibular advancement feature as needed, and then finish to fall step class one. So uh, the first clean check, as you can see here, again, smart expansion of the first molar to allow the tibial anchorage. Use the expansion support, optimize attachment to provide the root support, uh, movement support in the uh, buccolingual uh, direction. Uh, you can include uh, some of the spaces if the patient doesn't like the incisors uh, proclination. And then uh, uh, once you have achieved some of the clinical goals, you can see the molars are almost class one after aligner 31, which 31 week, as you all know, I do a one week aligner change uh, from the street. Uh, again, once uh, this is has established now, Let's talk about mandibular advancement feature. For this particular case, you need to procline the upper incisor because there is minimum overjet. So if you still need to advance the mandible, first thing that you need to do is procline the upper incisor or torque their crowns labially. Without doing this, no functional appliance would bring the mandible forward. So, and then at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, you need to intrude the lower incisor even more to eliminate anterior dental interference. Once this has been achieved, then basically um, uh, this will be done. So um, early class two intervention, uh, uh, so the patient is still in treatment, as I mentioned. So this is another patient that's very, uh, in my opinion, is very challenging case. A seven years old male, high angle. So these are the cases that most people try to stay away from them until they are fully grown. But again, from uh, uh, my previous presentations at the summit, I showed that just wearing Invisalign tray can work as a functional appliance. So, so if you can't utilize the mandibular advancement feature for the short crown or the software doesn't support that, then you still can start. Starting Invisalign will disengage or dislodge or bring the condyle downward and forward as if the patient is wearing functional appliance. So this patient basically had a, a CBCT, and then you can see the anterior part of the incisor were cut, so we didn't, it's another patient, of course. So this patient, we didn't want to do another CBCT on the same day. So when she came for uh, uh, Invisalign insertion, uh, we forgot to ask her to remove the aligners, and then 
we took another CBCT with aligners in. If you look at the condyles, with or without aligners, you can see the condyles have come down and forward as exactly the literature showed that uh, function of lines would do. So just wearing aligners will bring the condyle down and forward as if the patient is wearing function of lines. So utilizing this feature of Invisalign first one, first as um, uh, alternative to mandibular advancement feature if you can't have it for whatever reason. So this young man, you can see severe uh, uh, lower crowding of the lower incisor and severe incisor crowding of the deciduous dentition. So it's one of the cases, as I mentioned, full step class two, both molars and canines. And on top of that, very high angle. It's not the cases that everybody wants to see in their uh, clinics very early. Very challenging case, uh, as I mentioned, NB uh, is high, uh, lower incisor severely retroclined, and also upper incisor, typical high angle case. Again, I, I look at the CBCT to look at the roots uh, development. You can see the deciduous dentition, the deciduous upper central incisor, and the growing upper central, uh, permanent central incisors, no roots. Um, uh, so again, these are the cases that you need to prepare, make uh, room for those growing teeth. At the same time, try to redirect the growth of those patients' high angle cases. So hopefully those cases don't get uh, into surgical situation or complex uh, phase two uh, later on in their life. Full step plus two, impinging deep overbite, uh, severe crowded upper and lower teeth. And again, so the treatment plan for this case to allow normal facial growth, try to redirect the growth uh, pattern of the mandible to more favorable or forward growth as you, much as you can. And then how to do that, again, in my treatment strategy in Visalign first, a non-extraction approach, as I mentioned, uh, expansion, utilize the leeway spaces as much as you can, use mandibular advancement feature when the first molars have erupted, and also the second deciduous molars are of a good length uh, later on to do it and finish to class one. So uh, again, uh, we started uh, 45 aligners, Again, a smart uh, um, uh, stage expansion with uh, expansion, as you can see on the uh, posterior teeth here, you can see the smart expansion support attachment on the C, D, and E's as well. And then after expansion of the first molars, and then you can expand the upper incisor and provide enough spaces for the growing uh, upper and lower permanent incisors. You can see um, uh, after 11 aligners, uh, lateral incisors start to interfere with aligner seating. Not a big deal at all. Again, you can use the bootstrapping or you can use scan for additional aligner. But what stunned me, what was severely, um, actually for me, I was totally happy to see these patients after 11 aligners. Look at what happened here. So the upper severe crowding has been improved and not only that, the class two, the full step class two has improved on the right side to end towards class one and class one on the left side. So the theory of just wearing uh, aligners can work as a function of lines is actually looks like to me is a valid. Of course, this is not a randomized control uh, clinical trial, uh, but again, the evidence can show you case after case after case that if you can't use mandibular advancement feature, just jump in, get Invisalign first, 
and then it will work for you as a function of time, or at least it will help normalize mandibular growth. Look at what happened in four months. The severe crowding of the upper deciduous dentition has been resolved. The lower incisor crowding of uh, the lower right central incisor has been moved to a normal position, slightly rotated, but again, this is work in progress. So again, the second clean check, then you can include the, the growing lateral incisor in place, continue with the smart expansion, uh, uh, provide more spaces for the growing upper central incisors, and again, more spaces, and again, uh, more spaces and alignment of the lower incisors as needed. So uh, my own uh, class to protocol is in low angle cases, try to expand upper arch you can distalize upper uh, uh, molar slightly if needed, only if mandibular prognathism. So, but expansion number one is always important to allow the mandible to come forward in growing children. So, again, in all cases, and then always procline or torque upper incisor labially. Why? Because if you have minimum overjet, the mandible will never come forward. You need to make room for the mandible to come forward, and very important to do lower incisor intrusion like rickets, utility arch, that's how he taught us before. So in high angle cases, uh, my advice not to distalize upper uh, uh, molars so you don't interfere with the posterior uh, teeth eruption. And again, most importantly, that you can program posterior intrusion of the molars. This will auto-rotate the mandible for you and also uh, posterior intrusion of the upper and lower teeth at the same time in high angle cases, this will auto-rotate the mandible for you. You don't have to use head gear for those kids anymore. Why? Because you have the magic device, the crystal ball that I tell my patients in my office. When I say what crystal ball, it's Invisalign. So again, expansion is extremely important. So you can fly, no head gear anymore in my office, no fixed functional appliance anymore in my office. So again, how to implement them? So basically, uh, in design first in my practice, basically you need to show uh, patients, parents, what the difference. You show them the head gear, you show them the clear aligners. Most of them, they choose clear aligners. Why? When they see the head gear, so that I'm not gonna wear this, period. And so again, uh, impact of the surface esteem. So simply show the teenager or the uh, growing teen uh, cases, finished cases, you show them the magic of this product. You show them how their peers, six, seven, eight, nine years old, have been very successful, improved uh, their cases with this uh, product. Uh, and then after that, again, you can do, uh, if you are extractionist, then you can reevaluate that later on. Compliance, how to handle non-compliance. Again, you show the patient alternative. So the patient are non-compliance, I go to the consultation room with my with the headgear in my hand. So what do you think, Johnny? Okay, do you still uh, do you think Invisalign? You can continue with Invisalign, or should we just stop and you know just let this magic headgear does its job? Of course, Johnny will choose uh, Invisalign. How to handle brushing and flossing snacks at school? Uh, normally, if I can see a really good kid, like they are actually following protocol just having hard time, short breaks at school, I say, okay, you can still wear the aligners until the first break. Then after lunchtime, 
take a uh, take a break until you go home. It's like one or two hours. Doesn't affect aligners seating. So they have a break. Once we have a break, we can discuss together like a, a plan. So the plan is to give them a break during the day. They enjoy it, and then you go home. They become more compliant as well. Hyperactive uh, children. Do we have cases that they play with their um, aligners like dentures all the time? When this happens, then tell them Johnny or uh, sweetie, so we need to have your aligners on your teeth to do uh, to get the job done. And then, you know what? I'm going to give you more aligner samples to play with your hands, So, but don't play with your tongue with them. So basically, we can come on a plan also to keep the aligner seated on the teeth so they can uh, produce their jobs. My office statistics, again, um, uh, 2013, when I started to move my practice into more Invisalign, you can see my revenues dramatically had exponentially increased. Of course, Invisalign expenses has increased, but not uh, dramatically exponentially as my revenues. Because the more you do cases, the more discounts you can get. And then this will reflect on your profitability as well. So once you get more patient acceptance, more revenues, less uh, payment per cases, and more profits, again, uh, this is my relative to 2013 because that was the turning point in my life when I turned to into almost 90% uh, or 100% uh, Invisalign. You can see relative to uh, 2013, my uh, profit has almost increased 64%. Second year increased 150% relative to 2013. In year four, it increased 260% more than 2013. And 2017, wow, that's 600. That's big difference. Big differentiator for myself uh, uh, in the area. So in summary, Invisalign first can treat broad range of malocclusions, very predictable, uh, dental arch expansion, uh, short clinical crown is supported by uh, optimized uh, attachments, uh, anchorage. Also, it supports expansion. Uh, it supports erupting dentition, specifically lower incisors. So eruption compensation for lower incisor only available in Visalign first. Again, the prescription is available. And thank you very much uh, for your kind attention. And again, this is my logo, not an Invisalign candidate. Yes, you are. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Albiali. This is Christina Delviar again. Thank you for a great presentation. I want to cover one quick thing before we get to our Q&A, and that's it's very important that you receive your CE certificate for, for this program. Uh, currently on the screen right now, there is a link to take a course survey. Once you've completed the survey, you will have immediate access to your CE certificate. So please go to the survey link after the completion of the program. If you experience any problems with viewing any of this presentation when it was going on, the archive program will be available on the Academy tab of the Invisalign Doctor site. We have not just a few questions, we have a lot of questions, so we'll see how many of these we can get through first. The first question, Dr. Elviali, is what are the limitations of Invisalign first? When would you not recommend it? So I would not recommend it if the parents uh, and the child or uh, say, um, 
I sorry, I don't know where I don't know where my socks are. I don't know where my shoes are. Sometimes I sleep on on top of the bed or under the bed. So for a totally disorganized family, that's not a good product for them because the aligners will be in the dog's mouth all the times or they'll be in the garbage. So it will be like a hassle down the road. And I would say, from my experience, parents uh, once they hear about it first, and once they start with the traditional appliances, many many of them, like one or two months down the road, they'll come back and say, you know what, we're gonna have a different way of uh, different lifestyle. We're gonna be more organized, and then they can be more compliant. So non-compliant patients, non-supportive parents, not a good uh, uh, product for them. Okay, next question. What are the tooth well sizes based on on that that appear in the tray in anticipation of a permanent tooth eruption? So for lower incisor mesodistal dimension, basically as I mentioned, and it's in the Invisalign first support tabs. So it's basically the calculation is based on uh, uh, Moyers and Tanek and Johnson. Uh, prediction of the mesodistal dimensions and again you don't have to the clinician doesn't have to go with those calculation you can ask your own uh, dimensions that you need to be implemented in the eruption compensation so you have the option to go with the uh, default calculation or you can request uh, your own cal calculation how many millimeters you need for the growing lateral incisors for example Okay, next question. What happens when the primary teeth become very loose during expansion? It will hurt when inserting the aligners. So when this happens, uh, uh, first of all, uh, we uh, once the patient uh, or the parents start to mention that, I said, first, this is excellent news. Why is that? Because the adult teeth are coming, okay? So if it hurts when you insert the aligners, basically we do slight enameloplasty of the lower inside of the the deciduous dentition, and if they are really really loose, then we give the kid um, like the child a prize to take that tooth away. So we give him a gift. You take that tooth away. Here's your gift, and each office can give different gifts for the children to take their own uh, wiggly teeth. Or, as I mentioned earlier, we can recognize them early uh, in a, a follow-up appointments, and we can do some enameloplasty, and we talk to them that this enameloplasty doesn't make any pain. It just makes nice aligner seaters for the uh, aligner, so it doesn't interfere with aligner seating. Excellent questions. Okay, the next question. Aligners are flexible. Overcorrection is often required. How much overcorrection expansion is required for correcting posterior crossbite? More for bilateral versus unilateral crossbite? Okay, so excellent question. So normally I factor 1.3 or 1.5 into my expansion. So for example, if I need to expand one millimeter, I ask for 1.5 expansion to allow for more overcorrection. Um, unilateral crossbites, you have the option in the Invisalign first and also in different packages to 
uh, extend as much per side as you want. But normally I ask for 1.5 of the expansion. Uh, we have to be careful with unilateral expansion because if you have a unilateral cross bite, we need to know if this is due to true uh, uh, cross bite or pseudo cross bite. If it's pseudo cross bite with functional shift, you need to expand both sides. If it's true unilateral cross bite, so the clinician has to assist that clinically. So if it's true unilateral cross bite, pseudo cross bite, then the clinician can ask. As I mentioned, with the same formula, 1.5 of the expansion, and the software, the uh, uh, ClinCheck software, automatically will calculate how much, how big the expansion support optimized attachment should be put on each tooth. Depends on the surface area of the teeth, and also depends on how much expansion you ask for. Excellent questions. Okay, next question. What scanner do you use? Do you find the head of the element to fit into uh, pediatric sized mouths? Uh, no, uh, you mean the head of the element is scanner itself, like or the, the scanner? Uh, no, we never had any issue with the scanner with the um, younger uh, children, uh, children, like uh, six years and older. Uh, normally, the, we have no problem with that. You just need to make sure that you have good um, retraction. So you need to use a good retraction. You won't have any issues with the cheek or lips interference with the scan during the scan. I use ITU scanners for sure. But of course, the elements uh, scanner. I have three of them. Okay. Uh, next question. Typically, how many hours per day do your young patients wear their appliances? For aligners, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I ask them for uh, 20 to 22 hours per day. Uh, but if they can't uh, do a full day at school, I give them a break for two or three hours during uh, after lunch. And this is the only break that they can get uh, out of the aligners. And after that, uh, immediately once they get home, then they take their, eat their supper and then uh, trays back. Supper is not ready. They brush the teeth, put the trays in, and then after that, after supper, they brush and put the trays back. So, in general, minimum is 18 hours per day. Next question is, at the seminar at AAO, we were told to extract the primary canines and first primary molars before the scan. Uh, is, uh, I would like to confirm this. Well, uh, it's again, this is a, clin a clinician's preference. In my opinion, I don't like to do any extraction myself unless if the teeth are really, really wiggling and interfere with the aligner seating. That's the only condition that I can ex I remove any baby teeth. Um, uh, the, only, the main reason for this, number one, uh, the more the teeth that you have, the more uh, anchorage, the more support, and the less um, aligners issues, seating issues. So the more that you have the, the trays, uh, uh, the more the teeth that you have, the more anchorage, the more support for aligner seating. Okay, next question. What is your method for attachments to deciduous teeth? So uh, deciduous teeth, uh, Normally, as a, uh, in the presentation, it's automatically, you can ask for optimized support 
or retention or optimized expansion, and this should be enough. If you feel that you can add conventional attachments, you can use uh, rectangular attachments on all the posterior teeth, but the beauty, uh, I prefer the optimized attachment because if you have a small clinical crown, you may not actually add, uh, able to add conventional attachments. So the optimized attachment, they are small and they can provide the same support as of the conventional attachments, but less bulky. So my preferred ones are the optimized uh, expansion or the optimized retention attachments. Next question. What is your method? Uh, let's see, we did that one. Why can't we have the optimized attachment as part of attachment choice to add ourselves during ClinCheck? Because, uh, as I mentioned during the presentation, those optimized attachments are calculated based on the uh, soft, uh, like the, the surface area of the teeth and how much expansion. It's a very complex formula for any clinician to do that chair side. So again, it's uh, the software calculate the surface area of the teeth and how much expansion, and the software will decide what the size of different types of attachments. So the only, uh, if you don't trust that part, if you want to do your own attachments, you can use the conventional attachments. But again, the optimized attachments are designed to uh, and calculated based on the surface area of the teeth to be moved and how much expansion is needed. Hello? Sorry, I was on mute. Are the aligners changed every 7, 10, or 14 days? Uh, normally, uh, for Invisalign first, uh, uh, children, they change every seven days, unless if they complain about any breakage uh, after five days, then I allow them to change after five days, only if the aligners are a break, because I don't want to jeopardize the amount of expansion, so I want to make sure that uh, the, um, um, the movement is predictable. What you see in the clean check, you can actually see in the patient's mouth. So seven days is straightforward. The only exception if the aligners, uh, if hyper um, uh, hyper biting uh, children or hyperactive children, and they complain of aligner breaking breakage, after five days they can change, but not very often. I do that. All right. Do you find trouble with multiple aligner loss, and how do you deal with it? Well, uh, normally I give my patients uh, advice. If there is an aligner, uh, one of the set of aligners is lost, then they can move on to the next one, especially if they are more than three or four days into uh, wearing the aligners. If it's more than one occasion, we'll sit back with the patient and a parent, and then we'll show the alternatives, the headgear, the herb stuff lines, the metal things, and then we discuss the difference in how they, the way they talk if we move to fixed ones, and most of the time children are back on track. They understand the alternative, that it's going to be a different lifestyle. They have to be a big adjustment for them to deal with it, and most of them, they are back on track and become more compliant with uh, uh, 
not to lose their aligners. Okay, how do you present fees for Invisalign first and then later for comprehensive treatment? So uh, basically fees for Invisalign first, uh, we uh, give the patient uh, in our office 10% discount if they pay upfront. And most patients, they choose that option. Um, uh, if patient can't afford to do that uh, down the road, basically um, they uh, can do down payment and financial financing over uh, 18 months or um, how many months they can afford. And normally we don't lose those patients. So collection never been an issue in our office, even if we go over financing. And then uh, basically I tell the patients when you do phase one, there is 50% chance, especially parents, that your kids or the children may not use uh, or go for phase two. And, and if they have to go for phase two, they will have reduced uh, treatment uh, fee. So if they have to go for phase two, basically when we calculate phase one and phase two, combine them together, normally this is our fees for comprehensive treatment. So the advantage for phase one or Invisalign first is basically patients can have 50% chance not to go to phase two. And if they have to go for phase two, they are not losing any money. So they're still getting best product, less hassle later on, less chances for extraction, less chances for surgical uh, option because you have normalized the growth of the both jaws, you have normalized the eruption, you have normalized uh, everything to happen in tandem for growth, jaw, dentition, dental alveolar. So uh, phase two normally is easy for both patients and uh, clinicians at the same time. What is your typical phase one fee? Uh, in Canadian, it's 4,500 Canadian, uh, and again, we offer 10% discount uh, if they pay upfront, which is very uh, compatible to a traditional uh, uh, phase one fee. Uh, for phase two, we charge uh, $5,000, again, 10% discount if they up, uh, pay upfront. When you combine them together, basically, it's pretty much my full comprehensive case fee. So patients actually are not uh, losing anything by doing phase one, but in, they have the opportunity for 50% chance not to go for phase two. Um, any issues with attachment adherence on primary teeth? Excellent questions. It can happen with the uh, 10 enamel. But again, if it, if it happens more than once, then I do the double edge technique. So first of all, you have to have excellent um, uh, isolation, and then use the regular edge, and then you can use one of the commercially available uh, combined edge and primers from different companies. We provide that, and then after that, uh, we have no or minimal issues with um, uh, bonding or attachments on primary dentition. Have you ha faced any cavity issues treating children with Invisalign? I'm sorry, can you, can you repeat the question, please? Have you had any uh, issues with cavities uh, when treating children with Invisalign? Normally, I prefer to do any major fillings or crowns first, hopefully no crowns. You can add attachments to the teeth. 
uh, but if if it's uh, um, uh, crowns must be done, I strongly recommend the dentist to do four crowns, like plastic crowns, so you can add attachments to them. Uh, I haven't seen one single uh, Invisalign first patient that they have severe cavities during the treatment. If I start to see uh, aligners are cloudy when the patients come to the office, that's a red flag for me that there is plaque or uh, poor oral hygiene. I stress on the patients and the parents. I take pictures for those aligners with the uh, cloudy or plaque to make sure that uh, this uh, patient's is poor oral hygiene. I documented that in the chart in the patient digital file. And then I emphasize on oral hygiene because this can lead to cavity. But so far, I haven't seen uh, severe cavities uh, with Invisalign products. Hello? What effect on airway size have you noticed with your ICAT flex when doing the dental expansion with Invisalign first? I haven't done uh, a study on that. It's on the plan to do those studies. Uh, again, we started Invisalign first um, recently, so uh, lots to learn the process. Uh, once these cases are done, once we go to phase two, or after uh, completion of phase one, so we, if we have enough uh, data, then we can do pilot studies to look at the airways uh, out of the ICATs and then we'll uh, be more than happy to present this to Invisalign users later on on webinars or uh, at uh, any of the meetings. Um, this is an interesting question. Um, have you encountered any instances of aligners not fitting in the four-week turnaround time from scan to delivery? With all the changes in eruption yes. that we typically don't have, how does that work? So excellent question, and yes, this happens. So basically, uh, the things that we do in our office, once we've done the scan, we do uh, in-office uh, ASICS retainer at the same time. So first of all, it keeps the teeth uh, not changing, uh, positions, I mean, between the scan and um, Invisalign insertion. And also, it helps the children to practice with similar aligners not exactly aligners, like a clear thing in their mouth, so we can test their compliance too. So it's a good practice to do an in-office retainer, a clear retainer. Uh, you get it the same day or next day after scan, and basically this will help them uh, maintain the initial position of the teeth and no uh, aligner fitting issues uh, during the insertion. Thank you, Dr. El-Bayali. Um, this will conclude the Q&A portion of our program. However, before we go, there were a few questions that I need to answer for you uh, on behalf of Align. Uh, the, one of the first uh, questions I received is, can we get these slides for future reference? And the answer is yes. In a week, uh, the, this Ask the Expert program will be archived on the doctor's site, and you can look at it again. Um, and the next question is, could Invisalign email or make available on slide, uh, online the different Invisalign products? And the answer is to do a doctor site search for pricing. Uh, you can also contact your territory manager. 
And also just to remind you that during treatment planning, you will not see Invisalign first as an option if you indicate that the patient is an adult. So you will automatically be defaulted to the adult products and not see Invisalign first. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, and then um, any other pricing issues, please go to your territory manager because of the advantage tier level. Uh, I can tell you that the Invisalign first price in the United States is $1,149, and the Invisalign first price in Canadian dollars is $1,439. So uh, please, uh, and that that's the base price. So it, depending on your advantage tier level, you have different pricing. So check with uh, your advantage level, and then you can figure out what price you'll pay. Um, and then uh, I received. I received several questions about mandibular advancement feature in being available in the United States. We anticipate sometime soon this year. Uh, keep checking with your territory manager. Obviously, um, that particular uh, feature is, going, is pending FDA approval. So as soon as the line uh, receives FDA approval, you will be hearing all about it. So that's all the time we have today. A couple of quick reminders. Please go to the link that's on your screen right now to take the survey and receive your CE certificate. And again, uh, one week from today, this entire program will be archived at the Academy tab on the Invisalign Doctor site. And I wanted to especially thank Dr. L. B. Alley for a terrific presentation and to thank all of you for taking time out of your Friday to join us. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's webinar. This does conclude uh, today's Ask the Expert. You may now disconnect.